I guess we could ask Matt during the show what role he'd like to play in the festivities. I'd like to be the ring bear. That's the guy oh. who dresses up like a bear and brings the ring in. <laughs> the ring bear. Uh, you gotta dress up like a werewolf. The ring wolf. The wolf ring. The ring raid. The ring raid. The ring wait. Okay, okay. I guess we should start the show, even though it feels like it's already begun. Oh, this wasn't all being Should we recorded? sync first? It's been it, is, it has been recorded. Oh, okay. We've I was going to say, I thought this was all great content right now. It is great yeah. content. Everybody, welcome to the Storyman Podcast, episode 166. I'm Clay Morgan. I'm Jer Forsteros. And I am Matt Michelados. We are the Storyman, and also blog, podcast, and whatnot. Emphasis on the whatnot over at NorvalRogers.com. Today, coming to you live with a very special guest about a topic that I know a little bit about, but actually a show I know nothing about. Guys, what are you up to? Well, well, this is a really special episode, Clay. Yeah, if, if you recall, in our last episode, we talked about what we did this summer uh, while we were on our break, and we left out a relatively major life event in one of the lives of the Storymen, mm-hmm. and really, therefore, in all of our lives. Because we want it to be a big deal. Yeah, so this whole episode is all about the enclagement of 2017. <laughs> I got enclaged. Hey, congratulations. Hey, for those of you who don't know, enclagement is when someone is planning to get a matrimony Michelotist. <laughs> and so that's part of what has been going on. And if you can't see the foresteros for the trees then we'll have to explain to you in more detail what exactly we mean. We'll see what happens. We don't have show Confusion in the audience. (laughs) It's true. I have gotten engaged. They said it would never happen. And by they, I mean the voices in my head. (laughs) By they, we mean just Clay, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome to my lovely fiance, Jennifer. Hello, story, my audience. Wait, you didn't say your name. Welcome to my lovely fiance, Jennifer. You said Jennifer. Oh, you did. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I, I did. did. Technical glitch on this side. Wait, do over. <laughs> I want to hear it again. Can you do reintroduce her? Welcome to my lovely fiance, Jennifer. Hello, Storyman Universe. Did you say her name that time? I didn't hear it again. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're, is this some kind of like Greek thing where I have to say her name three times and then it becomes official or is that Candyman? Let's try it. (laughs) Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer. She's Jen. Welcome to the story, man. She's like a hot Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. What? (laughs) Hot Beetlejuice. You say the name three times. That just brings no images of hotness at all. Right. (laughs) I mean, he's dead for one. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Now, so, for our listeners, this might be coming out of left field, Clay, because um, we haven't we haven't spent a lot of time talking about you know some of. I think most of the time on the show, we're so busy talking to our guests and about pop culture. We're not talking a lot about our personal relationships. So can you and Jen just walk us through a little bit of your relationship and how you came to the place that you decided you <laughs> your lives together? Uh, wait, 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 <laughs> wait. Wait, what? Jen, longtime listeners of The Shoryman know that when we have new guests on, we always ask them to display their geek credentials. That's true. And we would really be falling down in our jobs if we did not ask you, what makes you a geek? I got a little excited. Sorry, I jumped ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Matt, you get so excited about love. I mean, geek credentials. Wow. Um, I was good at math as a kid, so it starts there. Um, I was called a tecker in high school because I was part of a 20-student program in New Jersey where I rode a blue van to school. Oh, short bus. Mm-hmm, the short bus. <laughs> the short bus for all four years of but high school. But what are you a geek about now? What are your passions? Besides me, she's a total geek about me. I notice how Clay tried to just completely sidestep all the science, his fiance. Mm-hmm. He did. It's kind of like that whole assistant conversation we were having earlier. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. What are my geek credentials? Food. Making food. Would that count? Making food, enjoying movies that other geeks tend to like, <laughs> trying to read books. <laughs> I mean, what are what are so geek credential is anything that you're really into. It could be anything from poetry to gardening to parasailing. So you are a geek for movies. You like some. A lot of the books and stuff that we check out, for sure. Mm-hmm. But you definitely... I feel like you're downplaying the, the food thing, Jen. Like, tell yeah. us a little bit about cooking and what you're passionate about and what does it mean that you're into food? So I'm really into food. Um, I think it came to a new level as far as cooking food versus eating it, which has always been a passion of mine through my entire life. Um, when I came to Dallas, I realized that there was a lot of food that I couldn't purchase to eat, you know, consistency and story and all. So I decided that I would use my kitchen to cook lots of food. Um, I cooked so much and talked about it so much that someone at my office jokingly sent me a link to try out for MasterChef, you know, that big Gordon Ramsay show. And I made it all the way through to the finals. In order to get there, I pretty much made any kind of food that I could think of. So since then, it's been about a year, uh, I think... My food credentials have come a long way. I've even gone ahead and tried to cater food for people, only to find that it's really hard to cook on a deadline and for people in quantities. But the whole journey has been a really amazing one. I mean, I think I've had a whole different appreciation for how food is made versus just getting it in my belly. So. So, Jen, what's like one of your favorite dishes to make that you're like, it's worth the work because it's so incredible when you're done? Well, I think my all-time favorite dish to make and to eat would probably be my grandma's short rib stew. Probably takes about, yeah, it's like a (laughs) two-day process, probably a million different steps with so many different alarms to make sure that you're not missing these steps. But 
when the result is complete, there's nothing as soft and buttery and delicious, I think, out there, period. Are those the Korean short ribs? That's correct. Yes. So good. (laughs) Uh, As someone who has sampled many of Jen's uh, culinary, (laughs) not as many as Clay, obviously, but... Uh, as someone who's been a frequent guinea pig, I can attest that uh, it's fantastic, and she's an amazing cook. <laughs> Thank you, JR. Yeah. Okay, um, ne- next question, Jan. If you were to describe clay as a singular culinary dish, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of his three-carb chicken dishes. <laughs> um, no. Are you talking about chicken noodles and potatoes? That's oh, correct. It's a classic. You know. Use of packaged ingredients and seasonings. Yes, with chips, of course. A soda. Be a big serving, at least. A, a huge, huge serving. It's very white. Mm-hmm. Can't, Can't be, be as. I mean, it literally <laughs> is white. <laughs> I'm a little, a little spicier, spicier than that. All right, aren't, aren't I? I think you've tried, um, oh. but your face the first time you tried, tried some kimchi was priceless. A kimchi does not count. I mean, that is as the king of spice. What? Correct. That's the king of spice in the Korean world. But it's not a hot spice. It's just not a taste that I like. I've not gotten past the flavor enough to find out if it's too hot. Well, it is a spice. It is a version of spice. It's our epitome of spice in Korea. But but yeah, back to your question. That would probably be my signature clay dish. So you said you came to Dallas... People probably are wondering where you came from. Oh, well, I was born in Korea. I grew up in New Jersey, literally by the Jersey Shore. We're friends with lots of those people on that TV show. (laughs) And then... Actually, or was that a joke? No, really. um, Shout out to the situation. My brother's (laughs) friend who told me he was going to be famous and I didn't believe him. Now he really is. <laughs> uh, is he as smart in real life as he appears to be on the show? I mean, he's really a nice guy. I think he's so nice that the producers have had their way with him. Um, always thought he was a sweet kid, and I still think he's a really nice man. But, you know, TV, nice people aren't was he exciting. always called The Situation? No, he or was, was that not. something invented on television? <laughs> yeah, I think like he's was not named. His, he wasn't born, and his mom wasn't like, "We need to name him the situation." <laughs> we have a situation, and they were like, "Okay, the situation, the situation, <laughs> the situation." No, we always knew him as Mike. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so growing up in the Jersey Shore, the first thing I wanted to do was leave the Jersey Shore. So I went to college in Manhattan and thought that was my ticket to, you know, the universe. So I was a New Yorker for about 20 years. You went to college in Manhattan at? Columbia University. Columbia University, formerly known as King's College. Alexander Hamilton's alma mater, guys. Yeah, that is correct. What? Okay. He's dead. Wait, is that why you you started dating her, Clay? (laughs) I mean, there was Hamilton. We did show him the statue. I was driving to my first date with Jen. We hadn't even met yet. And I was on the phone with my mom. And she said, where are you off to? And I said, I actually got a uh, date tonight. And she said, who is it? And I said, I don't know. Her name's Jennifer, and she's an Ivy League girl. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Clay, where did you go to college? 
California University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's where Aaron Burr went to school. <laughs> not even funny. Uh, Matt, did I tell you for real? My brother, who lives on Staten Island, bought the house that was built in the 1700s by Aaron Burr's cousin. What? And Aaron Burr has stayed in that house. Wow. Storyman field trip. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't afraid Clay would burn it down, but. <laughs> I have too much respect for historical landmarks and <laughs> any abodes of your family members to ever be an arsonist there. That's exactly the kind of attitude that caused Alexander Hamilton to miss his shot. Ooh, wow. Uh, welcome to the story, men, where I am baited. <laughs> so, Jen, okay, like, you lived on Manhattan, like, in New York. I don't know, like, how much was it like Friends? Um, I think Friends was probably a tad before I was really able to get my bearings. That was like really popular when I was in college. I'd like to say my experience was straight up sex in the city. Um, yeah. When I look at, you know, I watched that show in real time and I know my girls and I would, you know, laugh about how they were at least six months to a year behind what we were doing in the city, but how accurately they were portraying kind of like the current culture at the time. So if I had to, talk through what my experience was like in my social life. It was probably Sex and the City. I think professionally, Friends and Sex and the City both don't kind of match. I think I've had a really (laughs) interesting career that doesn't really have a TV show to sum it up. Pop culture economic test. Based on a bunch of friends that didn't really have jobs, how did Uh, they... How did they... Okay, Joey had Days of Our Lives. How did they afford those apartments of those sizes? (laughs) College professors make tons of money. <laughs> yeah. They're rent controlled. I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah, that's that what I was, was thinking. I think that's the whole rent control inherited from family, you know, probably a building that didn't look as nice as it did on TV. Mm hmm. That's the theory. That's nice. the theory. So, uh, you have been in Dallas now two years? Almost November, almost two years. Two years. Mm-hmm. Tell tell us what it was like when you knew I'm a New Yorker and I'm moving to Texas. Like before you moved here, like what was there? Was there fear or like what? I don't know. What was it like? I mean, I don't think there was fear. I think there was anticipation of world dominance in Texas. I mean, being a New Yorker. <laughs> Uh, obviously I came here because of my company. So my social life was secondary to me at the time. And I think as much as people told me that it wasn't the case, I really thought I'd be walking around with some country bumpkins that would say howdy all day with cowboy boots and hats on. And although, you know, (laughs) and visually, although that's not the case, I think Texas is culturally very similar to what I thought it would be. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so what about, um, you said something about even Korean culture between New York and Texas? Yeah, you know, I think I just talked about how Sex in the City, 
you know, by the time the the show was produced, it was probably six months to a year behind what I was experiencing. So let's say, let's add the word influencer kind of culture. It was probably six months a year. If I look at Dallas, um, it kind of reminds me of a culture specifically for Korean people that's at least 10 years behind. I'd say overall, culturally, socially, restaurant-wise, social scene-wise, it's probably about five years, if not more. I'd say five to seven years behind New York. You know, I kind of laugh when I see the cool areas of Dallas. It's basically like what hipster culture was five to seven years ago in New York. So everything's a bit behind. I think it's much more so in the Korean community. I've also seen it in, you know, the urban community as well. So um, music, taste, fashion, for sure. Definitely not what you see. The way that people put things together, what people talk about. I mean, being south of the Mason-Dixon has been an eye-opening experience for me. I don't think I've ever been so careful about my opinions. You know, I, I didn't realize, I've also lived in LA for two years. So the only two cities that I've really lived in would be New York and LA. I travel a lot. So my circle is probably a little more international than normal. And I feel like nowadays, especially when I meet new people here, I'm really careful about topics that I bring up, really sensitive about the way that I share my opinion. So I think Dallas has been really humbling in that aspect. Jen, is that mostly along like political lines? Is that what you're suggesting? Or just cultural things like life in general, just a different way of approaching things? I think it's very much life in general, obviously politically. I mean, my brother ran for Congress, like I'm, I'm used to a very, you know, liberal kind of circle. But I think life in general, just talking about, you know, you guys joke about Hawaii, but where I've traveled, you know, like I'm careful about bringing that up. I didn't realize that so many people hadn't been to the places. Yeah, that's just been. specifically with me. <laughs> She's learned that I I get a little defensive when she brings up yeah, trips to Hawaii. People get a little offended, you know, they roll their <laughs> eyes. <laughs> um, yeah, before the show started, I said something about Hawaii and uh, JR was harassing me about uh, how I constantly bring up Hawaii. And then we started talking, you know, <laughs> who on the show has been to Hawaii and how many times? And Jen and I are definitely the, uh, is the answer. <laughs> yeah, JR and I are in third place with none times. So that's fun. None times. None I know. Times. But you know what? That doesn't make me like you less. It just makes me sad. It makes me sad too. That's all. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, do something about it. Well, I do agree that Hawaii would be a wonderful honeymoon spot, by the way. Let's look for some deals. Let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, tell us, uh, tell us how y'all met. <laughs> Do you want to take this? We met at a place called the Yard House. <laughs> See, that's not really fair. <laughs> so is that, for those who don't know, Clay has been a waiter at the Yard House. <laughs> <laughs> we met online. We decided, I contacted Jen, literally, I don't know, she was not even moved here yet. Yeah, I was on a recruiting trip, and I was trying to see what kind of talent Texas had to offer. And I said, um, hey, when are you moving to Texas? And she said, well, I'll be here in like three weeks. So I said, well, we should hang out. And she was like, yeah, sure. And then she proceeded to forget about me forever. <laughs> uh, I, on the other hand, put a calendar reminder 
<laughs> to contact her on that date. So actually, actually, she arrived, I think, on a Thursday. Her and her mom moved her in. And I think I waited a few days to give her time to arrive in the city officially. Uh, and then I reached out. And to hear her tell it, it's almost Let's like she hear her tell it. Let's hear her. Tell it's it. almost like she wasn't sitting around waiting for me. <laughs> I mean, to my credit, on his photos, he, you know, broke the the big rule on online dating where he had pictures with other women you know, Look, later to find it, out that they were. It was a promo shot. It, apparently it was, it was not, press. There was one. It was a promo shot from radio. It was not like I was just with other women in my I photos. I was like, well, he must really be into the cougar thing. <laughs> um, so I saw that picture <laughs> and I saw that he was nice and tall. And the other pictures made him look funny. He had some funny expressions going on. So I was like, uh, okay. Um, to be completely clear. It <laughs> Those was, expressions are just my natural face. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't his natural face. They were all contorted faces. And it was this app that everybody seems to know called Tinder. So it's really easy to just swipe. So I was like, eh, I guess he's 51%. So I oh. <laughs> Yeah, right. Revisionist um, history. Where's Malcolm Gladwell? And then... The way she says it, Clay, there are pictures of you with other women and you were making faces. You're... She, she means the faces the way my mom always says, you have such a nice smile. Why can't you just look normal in pictures instead of always making stupid faces? So I, I, I apparently don't know how to smile naturally. I'm not sure. Jen made it sound like you were purposely like pulling faces. You're saying you were just like smiling normally? No, he was not smiling normally. I mean, there are pictures that have been on the internet and on Facebook, so it's not like a big mystery as to how I look in pictures. <laughs> well, okay, so, so she swiped. Which way do you swipe if you're going to keep them? Right? Swipe right. That's correct. Okay. We both swiped right. He did set that calendar reminder, and he is correct. I did kind of forget about him. I mean, I did have this move to handle and a new job. So. I was very minor life changes exactly. that distracted you from, from his chiseled jawline. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, if I can catch her before she meets another human, my odds increase. <laughs> You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. He caught me at home. Really stalkerish, but I like it. A little stalkerish. Nope. I did think she, it was a little she told interesting. Me. I respected his calendar reminder situation. I was like, wow, this man is like organized. It wasn't just a you told super me. organized. You yeah. told me the date to get in touch with you, and I simply did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did catch me on a night where I was sitting there and thinking, wow, what do I do now? Um and yeah, I was like, sure, let's grab a drink. But only if it's at a place that's within 100 yards of my current situation. Because I haven't driven a car in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. and, this can and he be was like, 100 yards? What about a house full of yards? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, she, did, she hadn't really driven much. That's the thing about Manhattanites. Mm-hmm. They have an excellent public transportation system that renders cars kind of pointless. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That sounds like that sounds terrible. Gosh, doesn't it? I mean, wow. You guys went to the yard house. Is that a? Is it actually a restaurant or is that a bar or what is that? Yeah, get this. She said, "Let's meet 
and see if there's any chemistry. And I'm like, oh, challenge accepted. You think there's not going to be chemistry with me? JR, you showed up in like a white lab overcoat with some goggles. (laughs) And you're like, there's going to be so much chemistry. Brought my beakers. Uh, (laughs) That would have been good. Uh, Probably not so much, but sure. Um, But yeah, we met at the yard house. Admit it, Jen, you would have fallen hard if he had come dressed as a scientist to do chemistry. Between the calendar invite and, I mean, the the jacket is one thing. It could have been a work thing. But if he had brought the beakers, that really would have set off some red flags. Some red flags for sure. (laughs) Red flags. This guy's good at science. And he's wearing a lab coat. Yeah, that would have been a little dexterish probably. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. It's kind of on Tinder. It's like it's like a blind date that you've set up yourself, basically. Met, and you've already seen pictures of each other, so I guess you don't have to tell each other. I'll be wearing blah blah blah. Like you just showed up, and well, so so conversation can only begin if you've both chosen to swipe right and start a conversation. Allow a conversation to be started. Like there's no way to communicate outside of that. Unless both people have already given a thumbs up. And by the way, she had already given a thumbs up first. <laughs> just saying. No, um, but then. Yeah, you can. Yeah, the second person, when the, when the second person swipes right, then it's a match. And then you officially can begin communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, now, from there, a lot of people go in probably really crazy directions. But, <laughs> you know, we just kind of had that quick exchange. And she was like, yeah, here's my number. I'll be in town in three weeks. Peace. (laughs) So, you know, then it was just a normal texting situation where we decided to set up a first date. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he went to the yard house. Mm -hmm. Told me he was wearing a collared shirt. And I looked at a guy with a hoodie on and realized that it was him. I mean, I had a hoodie on over a collared shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't see the collar, so... It's a good thing we had those pictures. Um, I'm the tall, beautiful man with the collared shirt on. And the hoodie over it. Had his, his, and the hoodie over it yes, so you yes. can't see the collar. He was, he was sticking his chest out in full peacock form. <laughs> oh <my laughs> and I was like, huh. Look, I can't help it if my chest <laughs> happened to be protruding. I was not, I was not flexing. It's hard and, when you're that muscular. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a real challenge for guys like me sometimes. I've realized it's not his day to day form. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, these New York women—they're hard. Yeah, it was pretty hardcore. Yeah, pretty tough, you know. And um, one of the first things she said was, she, "I was like, so tell me about yourself." She's like, "Well, I'm obviously Korean," and I was like, "Why? Because I'm racist." <laughs> <laughs> And I said, whoa. <laughs> that got a big laugh. Whoa. Got a little sass to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he asked me if I wanted to sit at the bar or sit at a booth. Yeah. At yeah. a booth. And in my head, I was thinking, wow, he's actually got a normal face. He's pretty cute. So let's go for the booth. Let's do it. So, <laughs> so, oh, so I didn't know that. Okay. So it's- yeah, exactly. bar versus booth, Jen. Like what? Exactly. How was booth an upgrade over bar? 
Because the bar would mean that I was giving a polite, like, one drink max because I would feel really bad for saying that, oh, you look really ugly compared to your picture. So you've walked in with somebody and you see them and you're like, within a second, you know, it's it's over. Like, this is right. never going anywhere. But I, I want to be nice yeah. and sit for, what, 15 minutes? Correct, because I can't just walk around and leave. That's like, you know, I don't want to be responsible for extreme depression right so if you do the bar so bar is like the polite letdown like you exactly. know that's the signal like yep. we're, we're just gonna hang out here in public with a bunch of people and hopefully talk yeah. to the bartender for 15 minutes exactly finish i mean gulp down whatever drink it is and then get the hell out of dodge <laughs> now before people listening get real sad it is also possible that there's only a bar to sidle up to, or there's no booths available. It could be that there are. I mean, there still could be different signs. factors, but when you asked booth or bar before we got to the host, I could have said bar, and that would have been bad. <laughs> but if you if you get to the bar and the person you're with says they just want a shot, then you know that <laughs> <laughs> you're you're really done. Because I'm not point. throwing away my shot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started a relationship with Jen that day, but I asked her into my heart the, the next year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Oh, so how Lord. long ago was Jeez. Um, uh, the first meeting? Well, she said she's been in Dallas almost two years, so yeah, almost two almost years. Almost two years. <laughs> mm-hmm. First yeah. week of November. I didn't want her to actually have any experiences in Dallas outside of me. This is our dates, or was it like, well, that was fun. We should get together a few more times socially. Like, yeah, we. I think we just set up a. That was like a weeknight. We just set mm-hmm. up a weekend. Let's do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we definitely clicked. I mean, past the first kind of, you know, booth situation, like we talked. He had some jokes. He didn't seem. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't know what to expect. So I thought it you know, was it's awesome, Jen. I don't know if Clay's ever told you this, but you know, JR and I have written several jokes for Clay for these for these <laughs> first dates. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and try to remember which figure out which were. ones. Yeah. Well, Good luck. Okay, guys, this is where Star Wars comes in. This is where Star Wars comes in. Mm-hmm. I know I know that I'm on record as not being a huge fan of the original movies. Um, or a fan at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it well, no, I mean I, at that point, almost had no experience. So our work Christmas party was coming up uh, a few weeks later. Mm -hmm. And I knew that we were going to have opening night seats to see the new Star Wars movie, the first J.J. Abrams one. Hey, real quick, can I interrupt and give a little bit of behind the scenes for the fans? Sure. What fans may not know is that Leading up to this event, there was a lot of anxiety from the old Clayster <laughs> that he was not going to have a date to this party. And so when things started clicking with Jen, he came home and he was like, I got my plus one and life got good. <laughs> but here's how quick I knew. I mean, we were about two hours in to yeah. our first ever meeting and I was like, she has to come to this party. Like, I'm going to use this chip on her right now. <laughs> like, hey, so uh, it's going to be kind of hard to get tickets to Star Wars, newbie in town. So <laughs> I got a plus one invitation. 
That was Han Solo all the way. <laughs> I didn't know about the desperation. I just whoa, saw it as whoa. a sign. That's not my word. I was like, wow, this my guy life. really likes me. And I get to go you see You didn't know Star you were Wars. getting Luke Skywalker. I did not. I had no idea at the <laughs> <Hey>. time. <laughs> First class ticket to Tashi Station. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so the story. So you guys went to the New Yorker Jen Star Wars. Jen, did you put your hair up like Princess Leia for the uh, premiere? I, I did not. I went full-fledged Beyonce hair and black leather dress for the premiere. Yes. Ow. Nice. New York style. Mm-hmm. All day. Are leather dresses very common in the Dallas area, or is that more no. of New York? <laughs> I think it's definitely more of a New York thing. I still remember I was getting a lot of stares when I was wearing the leather dress in Dallas. I mean, just from Clay or from Law to <laughs> Probably from both. Clay was trying to be discreet about it. But I, I knew it's my out. middle name. I'm a man of discretion, guys. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a wonderful couple of years, and now we are officially gonna get betrothed. betrothed. I think you say. I think you are betrothed. On the story men, you guys, we wanted to announce that it's going to be a story men wedding. <laughs> yeah. So, so, wait, so tell us the tell us the engagement story. That's like one of the best parts. Uh, I would. The short version is I definitely surprised her. Mm-hmm. I no <laughs> That's idea. the short version. <laughs> That's the real short version. So we went to San Antonio. Um, I knew that I wanted to marry her a good while out. I started, I I started talking. So she thought that I was being evasive about the topic because ladies, if you're watching movies and someone like, you know, proposes or there's talk about marriage and your significant other has literally stares at the screen and does not engage with you or make eye contact with you at all. You don't want to be that girl that brings up the whole marriage conversation, right? Like, you know, you were like, not even two years in. I'm like, am I going to be that crazy girl that's like, so when are we going to get married? I never want to be that girl. Like, that's the cardinal rule. You don't do that. And every time the topic came up or someone got engaged, he would not make eye contact with me. So I just figured, well, I know he loves or me. Or I would just give you those dead jaws eyes. Yeah, he would just give me like dead eyes. Like, what in the <laughs> world is going on? So I just thought he was a little commitment phobic and I wasn't necessarily in a rush. So I was like, okay, I'll bring this up at a more appropriate moment and just let it go. So I had no idea that he had been thinking about it. You dead eyed because you were worried you'd burst into tears or what? Like, why were you giving the, the dead vibe? <laughs> to be honest, you know, this is something that we've only talked about since I surprise asked her um i didn't realize it came off as that i I didn't realize it came up uh that many times but you know where it could have been a conversation but i but i definitely remember moments where like there would be a proposal in a movie or a tv show or something and i wasn't gonna like go into a whole conversation about well here's how i propose like i didn't (laughs) i didn't want it to come up but but the the interesting thing is that she took it as I wasn't able to talk about it or ready to talk about it. And my thing was, you guys know I hate spoilers. Like, <laughs> I'm working on it. I've got to pull this off by the end of the summer. So it's interesting how she took it. 
That's funny. So you guys went to San Antonio, but Jen had no idea what was about to happen. No, I, I knew pretty, I don't know, probably in January, I think, I figured out that I wanted it to be San Antonio because I thought it would be a little bit of a destination, but one we could control with a quick drive from here anytime. San Antonio is only about four, four and a half hours from Dallas. And um, as you guys know, I've spent four years traveling around the country, going to allegedly haunted sites and all that. And one of the places that was on my list always was the Emily Morgan Hotel right across the street from the Alamo because no relation, but Emily Morgan was the name of my grandmother. So when I started telling Jen, hey, we got to get to San Antonio, I got to finish my book research. And um, it made all the sense in the world, right, for us to go to San Antonio to go to the Emily Morgan Hotel because that's something I would do just for the book research. Um, and as it turned out, my mom and aunt called me in the earlier this summer and said they wanted to come on a little visit and they wanted to go to San Antonio. They had no idea that I was planning any of this. So I had so much cover. It just seemed like this was a natural trip. Um, and so I had to sneak around doing the other stuff to prepare. But at the same time we were getting ready to depart reports started coming in that Hurricane Harvey was going to hit Texas and that it was actually looking like it would hit San Antonio. So unbeknownst to Jen, she's like, she's like, oh, this hurricane sounds like it's going to be a really bad storm. We should probably cancel our trip. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't understand. So um, unfortunately, it devastated Houston. Uh, but as it turned out, it didn't hit San Antonio. So we were able to go down and... Um, yeah, I totally surprised her real good. <laughs> so, Jen, uh, uh, from from like 0% being like zero idea to 100%, meaning you kind of knew and Clay didn't know, like where were you? I'd say like negative 100%. I mean, like he said. <laughs> what? It was a trip. Like you literally had no idea. No, I mean, his mom and aunt were coming into town. Like, they love historical sites. They There was a shoe factory they wanted to see in <laughs> San Antonio. And then there's this thing called the Alamo, right? So I'm like, okay, like, that would be really fun for them to come to Texas and get a little piece of Texas. The Alamo would be great. We can go to their shoe factory. All good. Like, I had no – and then Clay – The Alamo, like, wait. That's that place that makes beer. <laughs> <sighs> no. That too, but <laughs> – it's a church but where a bunch Alamo. of people died. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know. In a tragic beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah. So, I'm really thinking this is like a functional trip. I mean, he told me, like, I, I just really thought it was research for the book, the mom and aunt thing. I literally am lucky that I brought a pair of shoes that wasn't flip-flops. Like, I, I really just thought it would be... Like this, like excursion journey. I was, <laughs> I was trying to drop subtle hints about how we were going to go to a nice place because I wanted her to be thinking that way, even though I didn't want her to. So I was like, "So which of these collared button-down shirts should I wear? Because we're going to go get dessert at this restaurant." And I was nice. like, "We're going to a deserted <laughs> hotel, haunted hotel in San Antonio." We already talked about my thoughts on Texas fashion, like why are you telling me to dress nice? Like, it's like so strange to me, but that still was, it gave me no clue, obviously like with everything that I've already told you. Um, so. Also, by the way, JR is involved in this weekend. JR. Um, yeah. I was going to ask if you wanted to unpack the web of lies that you <laughs> spent. Yeah, it was, you know, some people are gifted in the art of deception and um, 
I don't know about you, Matt, but JR and I are two of them. So, I didn't know that. Now you told exactly. me. I'm going to be like, and then you guys are lying. Are your the names even man. Clay and JR? <laughs> the men who tell no, stories. No, actually. Matt, we're both Mark women. And Marshall. Yeah, you know that. <laughs> so I was trying to sneak out of the house to pick up the ring. And we had to plan it so tightly so that it couldn't include Jen, but I also needed a pretense. So I reached out to my old buddy, JR. And you know, a pastor wouldn't lie. Not a chance. (laughs) I don't think I was even like in that part of it. You were just like, I need a lie. Yeah. And I was like, here's one you can use. It was real fun though, because you know, now my mom and aunt have to lie. And you know, these are not people who practice the art of deception. So it was it was really interesting getting them to go along with this the whole weekend. And we were going to get the ring. And my mom said something like, um, wait, where's JR at? And I said, Mom, we're not actually meeting JR, remember? <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I started getting a little worried. So while we were driving to pick up the ring, I called JR on speakerphone. And I said, JR, I need you to talk to Mom and Aunt so that when we all when they see Jen again, they can actually have a believable encounter with you. So we actually had to uh, set up a quick little call so that mom and aunt could be covered in what they might have to say later. He actually trained them on two lies during this trip. So the JR lie was the first of two lies. The second lie was the night that he actually proposed. We had all been having a good time and went to the river walk and everything. And then all of a sudden, it was like 7 o'clock or 7.30, and they both had spontaneous headaches. <laughs> yes. Spontaneous like, You guys didn't both need a headache. At that. Classic overselling. Yes. It was like 7 p.m. And they're like, oh, you know, I have this headache. I got to go to sleep. Mom starts with it first. And then Anne's like, I have a headache too. I'm also going to go to sleep. And I kind of looked at Clay like, did I do something wrong? Like, what's up with all the headaches? Like, look like, what you did to my family yeah. now. <laughs> That's how JR would have used it. Yeah, I can't believe that. Oh, all the lies. So at this point, I had the ring box on me, and it was like a very thick box that I couldn't easily just hide in my pockets. So I had to basically pull a David Copperfield act for the next 30 minutes as we moved around shuttles and cars and and keeping this thing basically hidden from her. You say had to, like you haven't been training for that moment your whole life. I had been training for that moment. I was like, Penn and Teller have... Push me over the top. I feel like this is everything I was I was made to do was to hide. Your whole life has been leading to this moment. That's right. We got to the hotel and like this hotel had been 100% booked. And after the fears of the hurricane, they said that they were down 30% capacity. And when we walked into the restaurant, there were literally only two people finishing up a meal there. The whole Emily Morgan Hotel restaurant, which is called the Oro, which Jen told me means gold, was uh, empty. So it was pretty cool. But at the same time, like now I've got to do that thing. And any guy listening to this show, now I instantly know, like I'm in this club, right, of guys who have to do the awkward transition into going down on one knee and whatever. Like that's a that's a really weird thing. You see it in plays and movies all the time. But when you actually have to do it, it's weird to like stop a silly fun night and transition into actually this serious moment so 
I know Jen has thoughts because I was trying to like be real slick. I was trying to have like set lines so that the emotion wouldn't get me all messed up, but I, I didn't exactly execute perfectly. What do you mean? <laughs> it, did, did Clay seem real nervous? Like were you picking up that he seemed awkward or weird at all? Or did he seem I normal? I mean, he didn't seem awkward, but I felt like people around us were being awkward. That's so true. I didn't know what was going on. For example, like he said, we're walking into or or first of all, the headaches. I'm already like, okay, they're they're being weird with these headache things. Okay, fine. Let's just go grab a drink at the Emily Morgan Hotel. So we get to the place. As Clay mentioned, there's only one other couple there. It's vastly empty. So he walks up to the host and the host and he's like, I have a reservation for Clay Morgan. And I'm looking at him like, I don't think you need to mention that because there's literally no one here, you know. And then as soon as he says Clay Morgan, the host repeats his name like three times. You're Morgan? So you're Morgan? Clay Morgan? Okay, so... We have this space for you over here. Or would you prefer here? And I'm like, what in the world is going And he had this weird face thing going on. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what is going on in this. T- I don't know what's going on in this town, but okay, fine. And then we go to the first table and there's like a circle of creamer. So I'm like, okay, can we not sit at the table with the creamer on the table? Because it looks really gross. And there's all the other tables available. So then he looks <laughs> horrified and I'm like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, fine. The host was like, the host. Oh. <gasps> like he literally made weird noises, like had this face, like straight out of a movie. We go to the next table and I think there was something else that was like, funny yeah, we were like, table, we're good here. But I'm like, fine, let's just sit down. Jeez. It's just dessert. It's not that big of a deal. Let, let's, let's sit down. He takes our drink orders, but he looks, our waiter then looks really nervous. I'm like, what's going on in this hotel? He takes our orders, promptly brings back two drinks that are nowhere near what we ordered. (laughs) Both completely wrong. Completely wrong. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I'm like, there's only two other people here. I don't understand how this is so complicated. But meanwhile, he's got the biggest cheesy grin. Like, he looks. He looks kind of like a joker. Yeah, he he kind of looks like there's something wrong with this guy. Like, he can't look normal. He's bringing all the wrong things. And what I know is that he's waiting. He's like, this is the guy. This is the guy. It's going to happen here. And I'm just thinking, there must be something in the water here. <laughs> it's just really strange. Yeah. So that was funny. Mm-hmm. But the proposal was amazing. Um, as I mentioned, negative 100%. So, you know, we're eating dessert. And I'm, like, so busy eating it. Creme brulee is my favorite dessert. So I'm all about eating this dessert. And he's telling me he doesn't feel like eating it. So I'm like, great, I'm going to dig in. This is great. Um yeah, a little tough to eat that at that moment. Yeah, he was having a hard time eating. Again, I thought he was being weird. And then he kind of like grabs my hand and like looks me in the eyes. And I'm like, oh, this is a moment. This is sweet. He starts talking. And I remember thinking he started talking about Raul. And I'm like, Ooh. I didn't start talking about Raul. Raul. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, like Raul. I did tell him that Phantom of the Opera, the the love song that Raul sings to Christine, is one of my favorite love songs of all time. So he knew that, and that was a very romantic way to tie that in. But as he was saying the name Raul, he started going on an angle <laughs> towards the floor. So this is when I stopped hearing what he was saying because I saw his trajectory, and I was like, he didn't drop anything, and he's moving <laughs> towards the ground. <laughs> Yeah, I, I 
yeah, so at that point I was like, could it be? No. Again, all of the signs, not talking about this. I'm like, could it be? No. And then he got down on Like me. David Copperfield produced a box from nowhere. Had the box in his hands. <laughs> oh, I hear no words. I'm literally just amazed at what is going on as the realization is hitting me. And it was amazing. And and did you immediately say yes, or did you make him sweat it out a little bit, or were you just so shell-shocked? Like, did you answer at all? See, I think I was crying a lot, and he had to nudge me to say, like, you're supposed to say, like, yes, obviously, yes, yes. Like, Stop hyperventilating. Is there a yes in there somewhere? <laughs> Love that in the movie. Clay, were you, like, super nervous, or did you know that the crying meant yes? Oh, yeah, it was it – was, I knew going in that it, it was a thousand percent going to be yes. That's why I obviously was willing to go to all of this without ever talking to her about it. Because <laughs> we, we've spoke, we never talked about marriage, but we've spoken in very permanent terms for a long time. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as you guys know, we've, we've been prepared to move to any number of other cities mm-hmm. or countries for a while. <clears throat> if that's where it was going to go. So we've already had to have conversations like that. And, and I knew that, that it was going to be a yes. But I... It's beautiful. I mean, she was completely shocked and overwhelmed, and it's my favorite memory almost ever. Well, congratulations. We are very excited for you both. Thank you. Thank you. Can I ask one more question? Sure. Mm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously something I'm happy to answer, but it's not something that ever sounds like a satisfactory answer. It either, it either sounds vague and abstract or it just makes you want to puke if you're <laughs> not in the middle. Go of... lean toward the puke one. I'm, uh, I want to hear the sweet <clears throat> answer. Well, I mean, the short answer is any dating scenario or questions that I ever faced I was always like, yeah, uh, I just, I guess I just want to see what's out there or maybe someday. Like anything I told people was a deflection from the reality that I'm not ever getting anywhere near marriage for a long, long time. That was very sincere. And I, you know, I don't have to speak for Jen because she's here, but she was kind of on a similar trajectory. Like (laughs) people who know us both would expect us to be not married for a long time. Mm -hmm. So when we met, I think that, I think the shortest version is that neither one of us had been in a relationship. um, That was forget easy. That wasn't difficult. I mean, relationships were always so hard and so complicated and so annoying. And so all of these negative things for us. Required sacrifice. I don't know. I mean, I just got the impression that kind of everybody's relationships really actually just suck. And every once in a while, maybe there's a couple that I thought, wow, they're really, they're really actually happy. Mm-hmm. I, I think they might actually be happy when no one's around. But, you know, for the most part, it was like, it was like seeing a unicorn. <laughs> and then we found ourselves in a relationship where without having to be someone different, we just tended to want the same things. I mean, and that goes for like what we're eating on Thursday night 
to how we feel about going to the upcoming event <laughs> to like what movies we want to check out. So there's a, there, there's a compatibility there that I didn't, I had never experienced personally. Um, but we most often describe it as like our vibe. We, we just have a very similar vibe. We're both kind of laid back and um, yeah, it's actually possible that a relationship, they're all work, but they don't have to be really hard work. So that's kind of how we feel about it. I think that's how I feel about it. And uh, how did I end up getting to the place where I wanted to get married? I don't know. I guess what I didn't want was something I didn't know existed. So once I found out this was a possibility, then, yeah, obviously I'm not going to trade this for anything. That's really cool. That's beautiful. This is the sappiest. This is the sappiest Storyman episode of the year for sure. <laughs> no, of the year. I mean, I it's up there in the top five of the one sixty six. You guys wanted this. <laughs> yeah, no one's upset. You know what? It's so rare that we have such moving moments on the Storyman. Mm-hmm. I think it was beautiful. I'm thankful. Well, Jen, would you add anything to that? I mean, again, I know you've both kind of said you were in the same boat as Clay. Like, is that you feel like he summed it up pretty well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as a 38-year-old professional woman in New York, I felt like all relationships were a negotiation. I felt like I had to sacrifice something or, you know, I wasn't allowed to be my natural geek because of, you know, what I thought my partner expected from me in a relationship. Um, Dating in New York is is tough. And I felt like there, I felt like I had to perform in that relationship and that required, you know, a performance plus sacrifice. And I decided a long time ago that for me, my non-negotiables were my family and my career. And I didn't have any room to adjust or negotiate for a relationship. So I had honestly just given up on a long-term relationship and was happy with, you know, just, meeting new people along the way, which is kind of how I started off with Clay, only to find out that, like he said, I mean, he accepted me and loved me fully for who I was. I thought that was something that you only saw in a movie. I didn't realize that that was something that happened in real life. And then the whole compatibility piece that he mentioned just seemed like we were of like mind all the time and just made me happy to be me. I mean, I think I learned more about myself and I loved myself even more through his eyes and just want to continue to feel this feeling and to grow our relationship forever. So, so happy and excited to marry him. That's that's awesome. That's great. See, it's way, it's way sweeter when she says stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. I would say the short, the shortest version is we've, we've very much been healing for each other. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Which is great, which is what I would want everybody to find. Even our listeners who have stuck with us (laughs) (laughs) through the last five minutes. (laughs) Well, again, congratulations, you guys. We can't wait to celebrate with you on your wedding day. Thank you. I'm sure we'll hear more details about that in the future. For now, though, I wonder, Jen, if you would mind participating in our uh, storied storyman tradition, the, uh, the pop culture pick of the week. Pa-pow! 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 
pop culture pick of the week is anything you're into. It can be new or old. Hmm. We've been off all summer, so surely we've we've all been into all kinds of things. So who goes first? I've got so many. Yeah. Go for it, Matt. Um, I'm just going to share one though, and it's it, well, I was going to say Clay and Jen's engagement. That was my first one. <laughs> so I am going to say two. That's my first pop culture pick of the week. That should be an Entertainment Weekly. The uh, second is this weekend I binge-watched, in the midst of a pretty difficult weekend, I binge-watched all of the Netflix show Glow about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And it's, yes. a, it's, a, it's a really interesting show. So the uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling, that's a real thing that took place once upon a time. The show used to come on kind of at the height of the excitement about wrestling. Uh, but it came on like Saturday mornings. Uh, so this show is a fictionalized version of the story of that show getting made. And it's a lot of fun. It's like funny, but it has some pretty serious relational stuff going on. Like really serious, actually. Uh, but it's quirky and weird. And yeah, it was just, it was a fun show. I just enjoyed myself. Felt like I could set aside my life for 20 minutes at a time and just see what was happening with the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Jen watched that without me. <laughs> I really enjoyed oh, yeah? it. I thought it was great. That's really good. I hope you find healing for that, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I know what JR is going to pick. Oh, do you? Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to pick, so oh. I'm interested. Clay, tell us what JR's pick will be. Mother. I thought I talked about that last time. Mother? Did I not? No, huh? Oh, in that case, yeah, it's definitely my pick. <laughs> Good job, Clay. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Go yeah, for it. we're going to do an episode on it with our rabbi friend Eli soon. But I was going to ask anyway. So here's what happened. Darren Aronofsky, who did Noah and Black Swan and a bunch of other crazy movies, put out this new movie, Mother. And everyone seems to either love it or hate it. Um, Wait, are there well, any spoilers? Because I'm going to go see it tomorrow. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, I loved it. I saw it twice. The second time I saw it was with Clay and Jen and five other people. And I'm pretty sure at least half of the group hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious. It took me like three days to decide what I thought about it. I wrote an article sort of engaging with some of the theological ideas in the movie for Norval. Um, I think it might be my favorite movie of the year, but I totally get why people don't like it if they don't like it. I'm curious, Clay and Jen, now that it's been several days, almost a week since you've seen it, like, where is it sitting for you? Like, high, low, love it, hate it? Uh, well, for me, I think I appreciate it. I thought it was strange that Aronofsky and J-Law were saying that it was a movie about climate change. While I know that you could definitely read her character, we don't want to do a lot of spoilers. No spoilers. As, uh, you know, it's about mother, right? So... Um, I can understand that aspect of it, but it's clearly about other things as well. I think it's like multiple allegories. So uh, it's a disturbing film. It's not a film that you're going to you know, have a laugh riot through, but it's certainly a film that I think any deep thinker of film and probably any spiritual thinker should check out. And especially if you're uh, like in a Christian circle where everybody says it's like a movie from satanic Hollywood and uh, you'd like to just think for yourself, I say check it out, you know, read about it, think through it, to give it, if you're not into creepy movies or it's too dark or scary for you, that's one thing, but this is like a psychological thing. So 
I appreciate all the ways it's made me think. And that includes JR's thought piece at NorvalRogers.com. What about you, Jen? I respect it for being made. I can see why I love that it's creating so much dialogue, so much conversation. Um, I think it's great that a huge uh, production company would release such a movie with the scale of actors that it had in it. But I think I expect different things from movies and Clay is sitting here laughing at me right Uh now. But I go to the movies because I want an easy release from my day-to-day world. So sometimes my taste in movies is not necessarily something that needs to go into, if we compared it to art, into like the Metropolitan Museum. You know, it's, it's simple, it's enjoyable, just on a surface level. So it wasn't that for me at all. It was a hard movie to watch. It forced me to think. And I feel like you have to be in the mood to think on so many levels, some of them uncomfortable, in order to enjoy the movie. So I'm torn. Yeah, I totally... I mean. So this movie was billed as a horror movie mm-hmm. and it it's so weird because there are definitely ways in which it is horrific. I think that it's probably the most terrifying movie Amanda has ever seen because it plays directly to all of her fears about herself. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not a horror movie, Mm-mm. you know, <laughs> it's a, it's such an interesting. Yeah, it's such an interesting film. I'm excited, Matt, for you to watch it so we can all talk about it. Yeah, I'd be real curious to hear that. So, Jen, what is your pop culture pick of the week? Well, you said I couldn't use Atlantic Rim, so. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever do you, you really want. want to tell use you what Atlantic to do? Rim. These are typically things we would actually recommend. What is Atlantic Rim? Is that like a, a parody of Pacific Rim? That is correct, Matt. It came up on my recommendations as I was swapping through Prime, and I had to look it up because I had the same question as you. Apparently, it's a copycat movie that was made really quickly with under a $500,000 budget, which in film world is literally nothing. Um, And they released it, and I watched it through its entirety because I've never seen a movie that was that terrible. I mean, it had... And it she watches amazing. a lot of terrible movies. I watch movies. a lot of what Clay considers to be not no, you know, world-changing movies. No, what observers consider to be terrible movies. Uh, anyway. Clay, you don't like Pacific Rim. <laughs> I mean, it was... Is the Atlantic worse than the Pacific? Like, monsters <laughs> are, are more dangerous in the Atlantic than the Pacific? Like, what's the difference? Well, they had actual they had actual monsters. The special effects were, I mean, I pretty much could have drawn them with my pen as I was watching <laughs> yeah. it. Watching it. Um, the dialogue and the acting was so bad that I actually rewound scenes that weren't meant to be funny to rewatch them to laugh <laughs> at them. I mean, the the one of the main characters is Tretch, the rapper from Naughty by Nature. Um, yes, of OPP fame. That is correct. Of OPP, I was down with OPP. That's. I mean, you and wouldn't be. What down. would be an example of <laughs> Tretch's dialogue? I'm going to save the baby. And he goes in and literally <laughs> saves the baby. <laughs> I mean, that's the level that was going on. Like, we have to get our friend out. <laughs> we have a friend in there, literally delivered like that. So, oh my gosh, this is one of those movies where they're making up the lines. Like, the director is out there. He goes, "Okay, Tretch, this time you're going to try and save the baby. Just ad lib it. Go." Yes, and. <laughs> I thought, like, don't hoorah is like a marine thing, right? Yeah. Like, okay, so they're in the army and they said hoorah. So I said, wow, no one corrected that. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, even that I caught and it was just, yeah, it was so terrible and so sad. Um, but <laughs> I I watched it all the way through and rewound some parts. This amazing. will be on our list of movies that someday we are going to pretend that we're going to sit down and live narrate. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's not your pick. I mean, that's the most interesting movie that I watched. I mean, I watched a great movie last night, The Big Sick. I mean, JR, you told me about it. I loved it. Mm. You know, um, the whole. So good, right? Yeah. I mean, I, co- I could totally relate. You know, Korean people don't have quote arranged marriages anymore, but I call them arranged hookups. So I've gone through that whole like, oh, look who we're having over for dinner. Who brought their son? <laughs> you know, so I've gone through that and, you know, the whole cultural divide and the family. Uh-huh kind of situation dynamic. So I really appreciated it. I could relate to it. And I just thought it was a really great movie overall. So it's an example of a great movie that I've seen. Awesome. Great in a somewhat different way. Definitely. Like you said, it wasn't a traditional (laughs) rom-com. It didn't feel light. It felt very real. But the way that they told the story just really flowed well. And play with my emotions in a very uh, good way. Yeah, every every moment was earned, I felt mm-hmm. like. Um, I would say my pick to round things out is actually a musical called Fun Home. JR, uh, Jen and I got to go to the theater the other night. Um, Fun Home was a Broadway sensation. It was really strange in that it was adapted to Broadway from a graphic novel. Alison Bechtel wrote Fun Home in 2003. That's right. Um, So the Bechtel test in film, where there are uh, a bit of a, uh, I guess you call it a a matrix, right? To test whether it features enough. I mean, it's literally just whether two women talk about anything other than a man. There's like four components to it, right? It's a very simple test just to kind of, say whether or not a movie has featured any kind of female uh, substantial roles. But that's Alison Bechtel. She grew up and um, she came out, discovered she was gay and came out in her freshman year of college, which was the same semester, the same time period that her father, who was secretly gay his whole life, killed himself. And um, it's just a remarkable... Uh, story and it's a really well done play. It won all kind of Tonys when it came out a couple years ago, and we got to see a really good production of it in Dallas. So I would recommend Fun Home, either the graphic novel or the play. Excellent. Well, folks, it went a little long, but you know you can't put a time limit on love. So, uh, <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for being on the show. I think you are officially our first. Uh, story partner guest. I don't know. We don't really have a name for wow. for all of you either. But yeah, we keep threatening to have Amanda on for a roller derby episode, but it hasn't happened. So congratulations on making story verse history. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun, guys. Excellent. Well, folks, uh, please reach out to Clay and Jen on the social medias and wish them a happy engagement. Uh, We'll be back next week with another great episode. Uh, Now that we are in Storyman Season 7, until then, thanks as always for listening and taking time to rate and review us. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. 
Sometimes there's some men, and I'm talking about the story men here. And I know what you're thinking. Those are some tall fellers. I don't know if that's three stories separately or three combined. Well, we're missing the point. Sometimes there's some men. And you want to know what these hombres are about? Well, I won't say they're heroes. They're just the men who are right for their time and place. These men, uh, Probably introduce them enough. So just relax for a spell and bend your ear their way. 